Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. There really should not be ministry burnout. If you're teaching a Sunday school class, if you're ushering, if you're a greeter, some ministry that God's given you, home group leader, we can get tired, but you should never get burned out. If you are burned out, two things. One, you're not in the place where you should be. You're trying to do something that you're not gifted to do by God. Or number two, you've left the spirit and you're back to your own flesh. One of the hard things about serving in ministry, no matter the level, is figuring out which part is God working through you, and when you're trying to do God's work in your own strength, it's easy to confuse the two, and it requires some soul-searching to get it right. Pastor Mark's teaching today will be covering the danger of trying to do God's work in the flesh. You'll learn that even a mighty man of faith like Moses can slip up at times, You'll find out how to avoid this pitfall and to rely on the Holy Spirit more in your life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapter 41 as he continues his series, The Person and the Work of the Holy Spirit. So here's Moses. He has the Spirit in him. I think this is very important. But Moses, even though he has the Spirit in him, is trying to live his life in his own human energy. That should speak volumes to all of us. If you're a Christian, you have the Spirit in you. If you're a Spirit-filled Christian, you have the power of the Spirit residing in you. But we're human. That's why we need to be filled and filled and filled again. Because if I'm not, I'm then trying to do the things God places in front of me, impossible to do in the natural. I'm trying to do them by myself. So here's this great leader. By the way, if you're a teacher or a pastor or a small group leader or even a parent, you're trying to do this as these guys head to Managua, Do you think they're going to be able to accomplish in Managua what they will in their human strength? Not a chance. This is not a Peace Corps deal. The minute they land, there's spiritual warfare. This is a spiritual thing because we're trying to change the lives of people. So Moses is a good picture for us because Moses is a tremendous man, no greater prophet. And yet here he is, discouraged, depressed. The reason he is, he's relying on his own strength. Having begun in the Spirit, do we have to go back to the flesh and try to get it done? So maybe you're here, and maybe as you look at this, you just change the wording, but your feeling's the same. You need to be filled with the Spirit again. You need to have the Spirit of God lift that burden from you. 
so that you don't try to do life by yourself. So I want you to write this, and some of you maybe use this as your devotion tomorrow morning. God never designed us to live in our own human energy, but in His power. You see that for you and I, that determines how we face each day. I've heard Pastor Chuck say many times, and I think it's very appropriate, when I heard him first say it maybe 20-some years ago in some of his teachings, I didn't really understand it, but I do understand it now, being a pastor for all these years. And take this rightly. In the ministry, there really should not be ministry burnout. If you're teaching a Sunday school class, if you're ushering, if you're a greeter, some ministry that God's given you, home group leader, we can get tired, but you should never get burned out. If you are burned out, two things. One, you're not in the place where you should be. You're trying to do something that you're not gifted to do by God. Or number two, you've left the spirit and you're back to your own flesh. Now, as many times I get tired. Because of all the things going on, this is a hugely busy week for me. But I'm not burned out. I would be burned out if I tried to do it on my own strength. I know well enough not to try to do that. Stand before all those people, my own strength and wisdom? you got to be kidding me. So be careful in ministry. If we're in the right area of ministry, there's no such thing as a burden. Oh, there's concern. There is the weight of the... Ministry, yes, but that's not burnout. And that's what really Moses had. That's what Elijah ended up with. And God had to deal with him. We're human. But when you see people moving out of ministry, I just got to take a two-year sabbatical. Something, to me, isn't correct. They've moved out of either their gifting or they're moving into a place where they haven't relied on the Spirit. Look at verse 16. The Lord said to Moses, bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of the meeting that they may stand there with you. And I will come down and speak with you there. You talk about a personal God. Hallelujah. And I will take of the spirit that is on you, Moses, And put the Spirit on them. And they will help you carry. Now God's a realist. Notice the burden of the people so that you will not have to carry it alone. So God's solution to this problem is to say, Moses, and this is a great example in the church, Moses, you can't do this alone. You're only one man. You can't handle it. So give me 70 of the elders, and I'm going to put the spirits on you. I'm going to transfer some of your spirit, which is the spirit of God, unlimited, onto these 70. And you're then going to be able to minister to the masses of people. If there's people, there's problems. You know that because you are one. If there's people, there's problems. And so... The burden of the people can be spread. Delegation is the key. Principle you want to write. Very important. 
We need co-laborers that are also filled with the Spirit. Let me give you an example. This is minor compared to Moses. Can you imagine me trying to counsel everybody in this church? Well, number one, there's not enough hours in the day. Number two, I'm not talented to do that. Number three, if I did that, I don't know who would be up here teaching because I wouldn't have any time to study. And so we have delegated much of counseling to lots of different people, pastors, co-laborers in the women's ministry, in the men's ministry. We have the encouragement ministry. We have other people that are on staff to do that. And let me just say this to say, in case maybe you're new to our fellowship, I would love to counsel you one-on-one. I do very little counsel anymore because I don't have time to do that. It's not that I'm wasting my time doing other things. I have a priority of the teaching of God's Word. And so I do some counseling, always. But if you can't get in to see me, which is going to be normal, that's not going to happen probably, don't be upset with me. I'm just a guy. And we have wonderful people that have the Spirit of God on them that enables them to meet the needs of the body of Christ. That's how the body operates. See, I was raised in a day, my dad's church was smaller, although at one time my dad was the pastor of a 500-member church. He was the only pastor. He did everything. When he didn't, I did. Shoveled, mowed the lawn, that's those days. Well, it's impossible with this number of people. So Moses is discouraged. God says, the reason you're discouraged, Moses, you're not a very good delegator. Dibby the workup. That's why we do home groups, and we have a leader and a co-leader. What's the purpose of a home group, a small group? What's the purpose? Well, we like to be together till Jesus comes. No, that is not the purpose. Purpose is get to know one another, be encouraged, grow, fellowship, pray for one another, and expand, split, and go again. That's why there's always a co-leader. And that's the way we accomplish what God's planned for, always. It's not to be in the same home group for 10 years. If you're in the same home group for 10 years with the same seven people, (laughs) you know what it does? Listen to me very carefully. It becomes ingrown. It's not healthy. So we challenge people. So that's a picture of delegating. So understand it. It's important to have the Spirit of God. But you just, I just can't be filled with the Spirit of God and handle everybody. That's impossible. That's why we're gifted uniquely and differently. And we need all of you to do all of these things together. Now, skip on down to verse 24. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord said to him. I just did the same to you. He brought together 70 elders, ham stand around the tent. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke with him. And he took the spirit was on him and put the spirit on the 70 elders. And when the spirit rested on them, they prophesied. But they did not do so again. Remember, this is Old Testament. Probably when they prophesied, it was kind of a to authenticate publicly to the people, these were the 70 that had the same spirit that Moses had on them. So that if I go the next day 
and I needed counseling from Moses, and I get Aaron, it's okay. Now, why is it okay? Because it's the same, tell me, spirit. See, it's not me. It's not Dave. It's not Dean. It's not Andrina. It's the same spirit. That's where we draw our wisdom. Understand? By the way, that's why I had the elders up here. For you to see the elders, these are the men that God has anointed to shepherd, along with the pastors, this body. We're all gifted uniquely and different, but we're a wonderful team that work together. And as you know, Bruce has just come on recently. Now, verse 26. However, two of the men, whose names were Elad and Medad, had remained in the camp. We don't know why they were there. Alarm didn't go off. Whatever. Something happened. They're late. They were listed among the elders, but did not go to the tent. Yet the Spirit also rested on them. And they prophesied in the camp. Now, the reason the Spirit was on them is because God said He would put it on all of the elders. Look at verse 27. A young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Verse 28, Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop him. So someone came in to Joshua and said, Joshua, while things are going good here, there's wildfire next door. There's two guys. They're not in here with us. They're really kind of unapproved. They're doing their own thing. God's ministering to them. They're prophesying over there. We need to stop that. Now, what's Joshua's whole purpose? He's trying to protect who? Moses. Now, notice what you're going to see. Watch the response from Moses. Moses replied, Joshua, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that on all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. So he was going to teach Joshua, who would have to use it later, an important principle in ministry, in families, at work, in the world. Here it is. God's body is to function as a team. No jealousy. You see, we're all equals. We just function different. So there can't be jealousy. Moses is teaching Joshua a very important thing. I know you're trying to protect me, Joshua. I know you're watching out for me, and I appreciate that. But I'm not jealous. I'm not envious. The same spirit's on them. Relax. Now, how do I apply that? Well, I apply it in the church a lot, but let me just say this. There's many people outside this building, people listening, that aren't part of a Calvary Chapel. They're going to Church X. They're born again. God's Spirit's in them. They believe in the Word. And they may believe a few things different about end times than we do, or even maybe the baptism in the Spirit or whatever. It's okay. Guys, don't be jealous of other churches. You think only Calvary Chapel is going to be in heaven? No, I love Calvary Chapel. So we are. That's why I'm a Calvary Chapel pastor. I believe we have it pretty much right. Do I believe we have it all right? No. Because we see through a glass darkly. 
But we have enough right. That's why I'm here. But if I go down and speak at First Baptist, or go over to Covenant Press, or wherever. You remember I did a thing at Holy Name of Jesus or whatever. For a graduate, I got to speak with a rabbi and a priest. I just spoke the Word of God. That's right. Hey, don't be jealous. You see another church all of a sudden just grow and God's Spirit's there and it's genuine and they love the Lord and people are getting saved? Praise God! It's a great thing. And don't be jealous in here of different areas of ministry. It's the same God. And we're going to be together. Remember, that's what happened in 1 Corinthians 3. Paul wrote to the Corinth church, he says, well, you like Peter and you like Paul, you, you like Mary, and they sing together. No, it wasn't that way. <laughs> he basically said, stop it. Remember? He said, you're carnal. Cut it out. And so I think it's important, and I shared with you the other day, that who's ever in this pulpit, I and the elders approve of. So when Dean's here, and Dave's here, and Kenny was here, and Michael's here, and Bo will be here, and all the young guys, as they come up, they're here. And when KP was here, I approve of those guys. The elders approve of those guys. And we're all serving the same God. So that's what he's trying to say. Now, what I think is beautiful is this is a prophecy of what's going to take place. This is really God's desire. Moses said, I wish everyone had the Spirit of God on them. I wish everyone had the Spirit of God on them. By the way, is that going to be possible in the Old Testament? Huh? Is it? No, it isn't. Just selected people. But how about the New Testament? Yes. Remember the day of Pentecost? It said when there was 120 in the upper room, and they were all filled not 119, 1117, all of them were filled. Well, here's a picture of the prophecy that we're challenged by. You don't need to turn there. I'm not having it in the New Testament. I just keep it in the old. Ephesians 5.18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. This isn't written to a select group of people. This is all the believers. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always Giving thanks to God, always griping and complaining? No. That's what these people were doing. Actually, that's what Moses was doing. No, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine if we were all constantly being filled with the Spirit, what our church would look like, what our home would look like, what our community would look like? That's the desire. That's where we're going. So these comments by Moses are actually prophetic. This is exactly the lifestyle that he wants. God's desire for you in here, myself included, is for every single one of you to be spirit-controlled, spirit-filled, filled with the goodness of God, the power of God, the spirit of wisdom. Not one of you lacking. Now, if that was true in our life every single day, What a difference we'd make in this community. But that's God's goal. That's why we're doing this series. So that we can be aware of what God wants in our lives. Now, turn to Judges chapter 13. You still with me? Good to hear those pages turning. Here was a young man that was born. You know the story. But sometimes we forget the role of the Spirit on Samson. Judges 13, scoot down to verse 24. 
The woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. And he grew and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to stir him while he was in Mahana Dan. So the spirit of the Lord began to work in Samson at a young age. Scoot over to Judges 14 and 6. I won't read you all the detail of how this worked. I just want you to see that the Spirit of the Lord was on him. You can pick any of these and kind of use it as a devotional yourself in the next week. Go back to Judges 13, 14, 15, 16 and study Samson. Verse 6, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. So that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands, as he might have torn a young goat. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. Scoot on down to verse 19. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power, and he went down to Ashkelon, struck down 30 of their men, stripped them of their belongings, gave their clothes to those who had explained the riddle, burning with anger, he went up to his father's house. So what do you see? Filled with the Lord. Filled with the Lord. Filled with the Lord. A picture again of what God was trying to do in Samson's life, but he's going to miss it. Here it is. The spirit life must be renewed. Renewed. Because it's a lifestyle. There's one baptism... But many fillings. Now, here's a man where God comes on repeatedly outside of his normal strength to minister to him. Scoot over to chapter 16, down to verse 18. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, you remember Samson gave in to the sexual desires that he had with women who were not godly. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines, come back once more, he has told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with the silver in their hands. Having put him to sleep on her lap, she called a man to shave off the seven braids of his hair and so began to subdue him. And his strength left him. And she called out, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. If you've never circled this in your Bible, I'd encourage you to do it. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Can you you imagine a person that's spirit-filled, operating in the spirit, and doesn't know that the anointing and the power is gone. Well, that tells me that they're not filled with the Spirit. They've moved far from what God wanted. He doesn't even know that what's happening is so real in this life. He has no clue that the Spirit of God has left him. In his teaching today, Pastor Mark got further into the life of Moses and also started talking about the judge, Samson. 
you'll learn that when the Holy Spirit works in you, it doesn't override your fleshly attributes. You saw that Samson was able to continue in his immorality despite being used by God. You saw also where Samson's carnality ended up. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will wrap up this second part of his series, The Person and the Work of the Holy Spirit. He'll be encouraging you to view the working of the Holy Spirit differently. Instead of concentrating on your own local body, you'll be inspired to think in terms of the entire body of Christ. When God's working in another local church, rejoice, don't get jealous. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, The Person and the Work of the Holy Spirit. That's next time on Lessons for Living.